Bitcoin is up over 100% this year. What's going on with the price? What should we be comparing Bitcoin to? And what are the risks looking forward? And also make sure to stay tuned to the end of the video in which we'll talk about ETF approvals. Welcome back to the Bitcoin layer. I'm Nick Bhatia, and today I have a great chart pack for you. We'll talk about Bitcoin's latest rally, as well as what's going on throughout the rest of the economy and financial markets. Let's start with the Bitcoin chart. We see here Bitcoin breaking out above 32,000 this week on a bunch of speculation that ETFs are coming. More on that later, but let's take a look at the chart here. And you can see that Bitcoin has crested this $32,000 area. This is a level that it hasn't traded at in a couple years, and we do see a big gap on the chart between 30 and 40,000. Not a lot of congestion on the price chart. Now, we are very excited to see the latest price action in Bitcoin, but we will temper our optimism, especially with what is going on lately throughout the economy. Now, one of the things we talk about a lot at the Bitcoin layer is a Bitcoin-only approach to digital assets. The reason that we have that approach is that Bitcoin has proven time and time again that it is the king of digital assets and that all other cryptocurrencies are exhibiting signs of insider dumping. What do we mean by that? We can see for a lot of cryptocurrencies throughout history, when they have their first large speculative bubble and then Bitcoin as well as other cryptocurrencies come crashing down, these altcoins suffer in terms of their relative price to Bitcoin and oftentimes the insiders that have a bulk of those supply are dumping those coins for Bitcoin because that is the most liquid instrument they can acquire on the other side of those trades and therefore we see time and time again this pattern of altcoins versus bitcoin charts spiking and then falling back down significantly never to recover again this is what we call insiders always dump so let's take a look at the ethereum chart relative to bitcoin right now we're putting these two market caps relative to each other on the screen and in this chart, you're, you're able to see the relative size of these two assets. Now, Bitcoin is trading at over $600 billion today, while Ethereum is trading at about one-third the market cap of Bitcoin. But we will go to the next chart in order to really break down the relative relationship between these two assets. Now, you guys are probably more used to a chart showing the ETH price divided by BTC. Now that price is trading at about 0.05 today and has fallen from its all-time high of 0.15. But in this chart, I've taken the information and I've put it in a little bit of a different way. What I have here is the Bitcoin market cap divided by the Ethereum market cap. And in this way, you're able to see with this ratio, the relative size of Bitcoin to Ethereum. So right now at 3.08, what we're saying is that Bitcoin's market cap is 3.08 times the size of Ethereum. Now look at where this ratio got back in 2019. It got all the way to 10. That means that the size of Bitcoin's market cap was 10 times the size of Ethereum, really dwarfing it. 
And what you see also is that back in 2017, this ratio fell almost all the way down to one. That means that for a brief amount of time, Ethereum's market cap had almost caught Bitcoin's. Now, what we see here is an increase in this trend. We see Bitcoin's market cap relative to Ethereum's starting to go north. And right now at above three, we see a trend emerging in that Bitcoin is starting to separate itself, especially in the recent run of Bitcoin's price. We can see that Ethereum's price really hasn't moved that much. So this is a ratio that we're going to continue to watch. And why are we watching it? Are we really care about Ethereum's price and what it is in USD? No. What we really care about is Bitcoin's position in the digital as asset landscape going forward. And this idea that we will live in a multi-coin future in which there will be dozens or even hundreds of cryptocurrencies that are actively used by different communities for different use cases is something that we genuinely don't believe in. Now, we're not saying that Bitcoin will only be the only digital asset to ever exist. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We can see with the emergence of stable coins, especially Tether, that dollar-linked stablecoins should be around for many decades to come. It is, however, what we believe that Bitcoin stands alone in the realm of cryptocurrency and that an approach to cryptocurrency that uses a diversification tactic similar to the way someone would buy an index fund in the stock market so as to not own single company risk it is the wrong approach. You guys can check out our publication at thebitcoinlayer.com slash subscribe for much more about that as well as my book called Layered Money. Today's video is sponsored by River. We are extremely proud to be sponsored by River. It is a Bitcoin only exchange, somewhere you can go to get allocated. And we love River for a few reasons, but most importantly, River does not use a custodian that is an external party. It uses its own method of multi-signature cold storage so that you and your funds are not exposed to the world of counterparty risk. Now, River even encourages you to get your coins off of the exchange as soon as possible. And they also have Lightning Network capability so you can get those coins off like that. Make sure you check out river.com slash TBL. Now, what should we be comparing Bitcoin to? This is a question that I think our readers are asking all the time. What is Bitcoin relative to? Is it gold, stocks, the dollar? We've written about this, but I want to show you more in numerical terms what Bitcoin's performance looks like relative to other asset classes. Okay, in this next chart, I have relative returns here. What we're looking at is four different assets starting at the level of 100 and then looking over the last 12 months as to how these assets performed relative to each other. So we see Bitcoin in orange up 75%, treasuries in gray down about 5%, stocks up about 10% in black, and gold up about 20%. In green. Now, it's fascinating to see how Bitcoin has outperformed all these other asset classes over the last 12 months with all the macro headwinds going on, with interest rates going where they have. 
but it is a friendly reminder that Bitcoin can significantly outperform every other asset class. It just has that ability. And empirically, it has had many, many years in which it's had several hundred percent returns. So I want to keep that in context as we go through to the next chart. What are the things that we should be comparing Bitcoin to? Here we have it relative to stocks, gold, and treasuries. But I think that something people out there, investors, are thinking about a lot is should I be buying Bitcoin or a portfolio of real estate? Because both of these things are considered stores of value over the long term. And Bitcoin, both Bitcoin and real estate have performed very well over the last decade and a half of money printing. Of course, Bitcoin being a new, a brand new asset as of a decade and a half ago, but real estate performing very, very well over that time horizon after the Fed got involved with its quantitative easing programs. So let's compare Bitcoin to what's going on in real estate. And I have a chart here for you guys in which we're looking at both residential and commercial real estate prices. Now, I've put both of them in terms of year-over-year -year change here. And what you can see is that the orange line, which is residential real estate, Residential real estate is trading right now about 0% year over year. That means home prices are about flat versus a year ago. Commercial real estate, however, that is not the case. We can see that commercial real estate is trading significantly below zero right now at about negative 10%. It means that commercial real estate prices are falling by about 10% year over year right now. So, Looking back at this chart, we can see our shaded regions that indicate a past U.S. Re recession. We can see that in the 08-09 recession, both residential and commercial real estate prices took a big spill. And then in the pandemic, we saw commercial real estate prices took a, take a big spill, but residential prices did not. They continued to rise year over year and actually got all the way up to 20% last year. So what we see now is that those price increases have stopped entirely. And what we have now is a real estate sector that is struggling and is at zero or below zero when looking at both of these metrics combined. Now, we just showed you Bitcoin is up almost 100% year over year and is up 100% year to date. And so Bitcoin significantly outperforming real estate again, but that is on just a nine to 12 month time horizon. It is important though to look at other asset classes and how they are performing when we're thinking about allocating to Bitcoin. Okay, we're talking about risks as well. What are the risks to Bitcoin right now? We know Bitcoin is up 100% this year, up 75% over a 12-month time horizon. These are fantastic numbers, but are there large risks about Bitcoin? And yes, you know, we can always assign a tremendous amount of risk factors to Bitcoin given its history of 80 plus percent drawdowns. So what are some of those risks right now that we see on the other side of this fantastic rally? One of them is the stock market. Now we've talked about Bitcoin's correlation with the stock market a lot at the Bitcoin layer, 
But one thing that is important to note is that even though sometimes Bitcoin and stocks tick together because they're algorithmically linked by certain tra uh, trading strategies, for many of the hours of the day or days of the week or weeks of the year, Bitcoin and stocks trade independently. They are, after all, different asset classes with completely different supply dynamics. One is a digital commodity. The other is a balance sheet operation by companies, right? So these things are qualitatively very different. And we should expect that for much of the time, the two don't trade together. But in reality, we do see Bitcoin and stocks trading linked with a lot of strategies, giving Bitcoin this moniker of a risk on asset, just like stocks are. But Look at what has happened in the past few weeks. Bitcoin has rallied well over 20% in the past week, while stocks have struggled mightily in the past few weeks. So they're not always linked. And the liquidity situation in Bitcoin means that we should be watching other asset classes for any signs of liquidity strain that could have an impact on Bitcoin. Now, I know you might not love hearing all this, uh, you know, the different sides of the argument. Yes, Bitcoin is up 100% because of pending ETF approvals. However, Bitcoin could crash at any time because stocks are performing poorly. But that really is the nature of financial markets. We're not a trading service here. We're a research provider. So we're trying to give you guys all sides of the situation. So what's going on in the stock market? Well, stocks are losing their 200-day moving average. This is generally considered a bearish indicator when an asset price goes through its longer term moving average 200 days from a, from a trading perspective is about just underneath one year so a one-year average price if the price falls below that one-year average price what you're seeing is that that price is losing momentum s p 500 not looking great and i have this blue line here to connect the all-time high with the high that we had a few months ago and from a technical perspective, from a behavioral perspective, what can I see on this chart? Well, we see that stocks made a great run to all-time highs in 2021. And then what happened over the course of 2022, when stocks performed very poorly as rates rose, we finally saw that trend late last year as stocks found life, but then they ran out of steam this year. And that level at which they ran out of steam guess what? Not at all close to the all-time high. Therefore, you see that declining blue trend line there. That is basically just showing you guys that it was a failure to get back to that level from the buyer's perspective. And so sellers are in the driver's seat on the stock market, and we'll wait to see what's going on there. But we are not optimistic in the short to medium term on the stock market, given this big overhang of resistance. What's another risk for Bitcoin? Well, it just comes down to the global economy. The global economy is struggling and historically, weak global economies correlate to weak asset prices. So the asset prices that we usually are looking toward to give us that confirmation are things like stocks and corporate bond spreads. But as you know, we are relating Bitcoin to equity prices when it comes to risk on risk off, especially when it comes to liquidity. Think about what happened during the first big 
decline in the stock market during the beginning of the pandemic, and we saw Bitcoin suffer majorly during that time, and that's why we talk about this stuff. So let's look at global trade here. Global trade showing 3% decline contraction year over year. This information tells us, looking at past recessions as well, that as global trade falls below zero, we can expect recessionary conditions to sweep the rest of the globe. And what we see right now is that global trade has really had a big decline after we got the huge spike post-pandemic. So when global trade shut down, we see global trade fall to less than negative 15%. Then it skyrocketed to above 20%. Now we're back down below zero. And this is one of the bigger economic indicators that we're watching here, just generally watching the way that trade is moving. It is in contraction. Europe is in recession. We don't believe that the U.S. can avoid recession. And that's why we've made videos recently about recession coming in 2024, as well as written a lot about it at our publication. Okay, let's talk about another risk here for the global economy and by way other asset classes, including Bitcoin, and it's the chart of mortgage rates. Now, this isn't something that should surprise anybody here. Mortgage rates are skyrocketing in the United States. This is off the back of rising U.S. Treasury yields, and we can see that affordability has plunged as well due to these higher interest rate expenses. Uh, but something that we want to show you here, just to remind you, what are the risks? The risks are that the U.S. economy is going to slow down significantly next year due to higher interest rate costs across the economy, including mortgages as well as corporate borrowing. Now, when it comes to Bitcoin and Bitcoin's response to what's going on in the global economy, Bitcoin responds very, very well to central bank stimulus as well as fiscal stimulus. But we have to remember that the fiscal stimulus and monetary stimulus can only happen after the policymakers see the physical pain hitting the economy itself. And so we do try to position ourselves from an asset allocation perspective. We do try to position ourselves in Bitcoin so that we don't miss the fiscal monetary policy response while keeping in mind that in the short term, it can bring a lot of volatility. But trading in and out of Bitcoin is basically a suicide mission and something that we definitely do not advocate. A friendly reminder as well that the Bitcoin layer does not offer financial advice. We are an independent research provider and it is our job to give you what we believe is the highest valuable information to assist you in your own asset allocation, not telling you what to buy and what to sell and when to do it. Let's get into this next chart here showing three-month T-bill yields. Now, why do I show T-bill yield chart as a risk? Well, it's not actually a risk that yields are topping out here in the treasury bill curve, but it's rather a sign that bill yields are topping out because the demand is coming back into play here as people believe that interest rates have stopped increasing from a policy perspective. And so you see here on the chart that we had a sharp increase in bill yields from 2021 to 2022. 
and then more of an increase in 2023, but a little bit less of a slope. And now you see them flatlining and even potentially starting to decline. Now, this is a sign that not necessarily that rate cuts are coming, but that the hiking cycle is in fact done. And the Fed has told us that a lot of the increase in longer term treasury yields has done the job of tightening for them so that they don't have to continue to increase short term yields. So bill yields flatlining here, it's not a risk itself. Rather, it's a signal that the economy is deteriorating. And because the economy is deteriorating, the Fed will not be able to raise rates anymore. Okay, guys, I have two final charts for you on financial conditions, and I promise we will get into ETFs. We're taking information from the Chicago Fed. The Chicago Fed puts out a financial conditions index, which is made up of metrics from across financial markets. Some of these metrics include corporate bond spreads, asset-backed security spreads, volatility, interest rate swap spreads, and other sort of metrics within the financial markets that give us a sense of stress and liquidity. And what we see here on this chart is as the number goes up, what we are seeing is higher corporate bond spreads, higher volatility, higher option premium, which is related to volatility, higher evidence of repo market stress. And for all of these metrics, they're combined into this one index. And we can see with the number going up, financial stress, and when the number coming down, easier financial conditions. So looking at this chart back at, again, the 0809 time is always a great reference point for us. What happened back then? You can see that financial condition stress spiked drastically and then hung out below zero for much of the next decade after QE came into play. And again, in the pandemic, this level spiked above zero, going toward stressed conditions. So it is with this sort of index that we can see when the Fed does come to the rescue with monetary rescue and monetary stimulus. And it is when the level goes above zero here, or generally speaking, when it starts to increase in a drastic way. Now, I put this chart up to show you that we are actually in a period of easier conditions. Yes, there was some stress over the 2022 period as rates were rising a lot and stocks were falling, volatility was up, corporate bond spreads were out, the high yield uh, CDX, which is a measure of riskiness in high yield corporate bonds, was trading above 500, consistent with other large drawdowns in other asset classes. But what do we see here lately? Not that much stress. And I will zoom in here on the last chart of the day. This is the same chart, just look, looking a little bit closer over the last five years. And you can see here that we are not in a period of stressed credit and heightened volatility. Now this can change very quickly, of course, but it is not the case today that we are in some extreme period of stress. And for that reason, there is no monetary or fiscal support coming anytime soon. Matter of fact, the Fed is still going to continue to talk about raising rates if it is justified, just so that investors don't get too giddy and start bidding up assets. 
The Fed wants investors scared right now, and it wants investors to make sure they don't get complacent with what's going on with the economy and what's going on with inflation. Okay, that's all the charts I have for you guys. Now, I promised you we would talk about ETFs. What is going on? Now, it is our best judgment that ETF approvals are coming any day now. We don't know if they're coming this month, this year, or maybe early next year. But what we do understand is the market is telling us these are on the way. We've had Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC, make statements in the past few weeks that are indicating the approvals are simply a matter of time before they come and not that the SEC is having big worries about approving these instruments. We also saw the DTCC website. This is the Depository Trust Clearing Institute that is responsible for stock tickers as well as bond custody. They listed tickers for both the BlackRock ETF as well as the ARK Invest Bitcoin Spot ETF. Some of those tickers were taken down, then put back up on the website. It doesn't really matter what is going on with the minutiae. We do know, however, that these tickers are being readied and that approvals are probably on their way. And we do see Bitcoin's price responding accordingly as it charged through 30,000 very strongly this week. Now, I want to say one last thing about the SEC and Bitcoin spot ETF approvals. GBTC, we know this is a vehicle that many of you own in your own brokerage accounts. This is the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust. Now, if you have owned this instrument, you know that it has traded at a significant discount to net asset value over the past year plus as the instrument really was in a big regulatory limbo as well as because it's a closed-end fund. The fund is not able to arbitrage the difference between the net asset value and its share price, but we see that this discount has now basically all but disappeared. And what we talked about several months ago was that the Bitcoin ETF approvals would coincide with Grayscale being able to convert their GBTC vehicle to a regular spot ETF. And in that way, Grayscale would be able to arbitrage the NAV versus the share price so that there is no discount or premium on a regular ongoing basis. Now, with the premium slash discount disappearing from GBTC, meaning that the discount to net asset value has gone away and shares are trading almost back at the net asset value of the fund, this tells us that regulatory approval for Grayscale is also around the way. Now, we know that insiders are trading this information. Obviously, they're putting in trades from both the GBTC side as well as the Bitcoin side. Somebody asked me the other day, is this insider information? Well, of course, it's insider information, but is it illegal from the SEC's perspective? Because Bitcoin is not a company, there is no insider material insider information that can be prosecuted because there is no company uh, that is benefiting from this. So yes, insiders are trading this, uh, but is it illegal? Well, 
we will let the lawyers answer that question. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us today at the Bitcoin Layer. Make sure to check out our publication, thebitcoinlayer.com slash subscribe. You guys can get three times a week great information, research, and analysis on Bitcoin and other financial markets. And make sure to catch us next time. I'm Nick Bhatia. Thanks for joining us today at the Bitcoin Layer. Make sure you check out river.com slash TBL for all of your Bitcoin exchange needs. We love River and the way they operate. They use their own multi-signature cold storage solution so that your funds are not held on a third-party custodian's balance sheet. Thanks again for checking out the Bitcoin layer. I'm Nick Batia. We'll catch you next time.